0: Hello, everyone. It's David Sani from the David Sani podcast, and today's guest we have Kobe Knickerbocker. Kobe is an award-winning artist who's been doing music for over 14 years. His music has been featured in Spotify editorial playlists, and last year he grossed over a hundred thousand dollars just from sync placements. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Kobe. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. Thank you, David. I'm actually I'm actually quite tired. I have two little little ones, so running like a music career, <laughs> with two little ones is uh, if I'm being honest, is is tiring. But I'm doing well. I can well. imagine. Yeah, yeah.
0: So obviously, hitting the six figure mark is a great accomplishment, but it's yeah. not something that usually just happens overnight. Could you For speak sure. to some of the hardships and growth you faced as an artist up until getting to that point?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a, that's a great question. It's um. I mean, it'll be a bit of a narrative, but the, the mm. overall sort of theme is that I tell people, it's like, I've, I've probably quit music 10, 15 times, like legitimately. Mm. Like, this, I'm done. Like, after this song, I'm done. I'm tired. Mm. Um, and it, it seems like, and I was recollecting this with another songwriter the other day, it seems like every time I do that, I get a little carrot. Like the mm-hmm. meta themes, like I get a little care. Meaning like, wh- and so, you know, back, you know, I was, um, so this is the narrative part. I started writing or doing music professionally in like 2009, I, around there. And I was mostly like producer instrumentalist for another group. And mm-hmm. we, we I, I thought we had good music. and uh, We played for like seven years and we toured around mostly like the West Coast, um, mm-hmm. but it just didn't kick, right? It didn't kick off. And so after like seven years, I'm like, I'm tired of like headlining at midnight and like getting home at like two and Mm. just like having like, please buy my CD, like sign up for email list. I was just tired of the whole thing. And at that point I was getting older and I was like, I'm tired of being broke. Like I want to date women Mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to like coupon my way into the (laughs) dating scene. So I was like, I'm done. I'm going to get a Mm -hmm. job. And right before I got a job, I was like, I'm pretty good. I had a, I, my first, my daughter was on the, my firstborn was on the way. And mm-hmm. I was like, um, right before I quit music, I'll write her a song, my wife a song, and like a few other songs I was had mm. in my noggin, just sort of homegrown, home produced. And I put that out there, recorded them, put them out there. And hit the carrot was in this, so like I quit, right? The carrot was, is that first single that I released as a solo, art, solo artist, got on an editorial playlist, Spotify editorial, and I was like, oh my, like, I've been trying to get on editorial playlists for years and suddenly it's like, it kicked with my solo project. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like really a thing.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So that was like one carrot. And I was like, and then I started, I was in the sync game before that a little bit, but then I was like, I got a daughter now. I don't feel like playing out, you know, touring. So I'm going to lean heavy into sync. And I did lots of research. Um, and back then, it was like 2016, Artlist, the company, you know, the library artlist, um, was just starting out. I think it was mm-hmm. 2006. and I happened to stumble upon them and I was they were very like makeshift, like, hey, we're just looking for music. Can you sign up? And I put my catalog in there. Okay. And because I think there was just such a limited catalog, it got featured on a lot of like top like wedding playlist songs, oh, and, like okay. playlist songs. And so I just racked up. So by the end of the first year that I released this music got an editorial playlist and I got my first check from music that was five figures. It was 15 grand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh man, like maybe I'm good at this. Like maybe my solo work is like better than this group that I was working with. So maybe like, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just started leaning heavy into that. Um, uh, and, and I will say like, that's like, that the story of like you know you asked for like hardship and, and lessons there. That story of like me finding artless. It wasn't just like I had like I just was like I'll get into sync and suddenly I found them first. Mm. I'd been in the sync game since like 2010, working with agencies and exclusive agencies, mm. figuring out like what exclusive and non-exclusive is, figuring out like what agencies are good for my music, figuring out like all like there was like six years of like, like going to like LA and meeting with agents and like going to events and all this and. and When I did my solo catalog, I was like, I need to, um, sorry, can we swear on this podcast? Is that okay? That's fine. That's
0: perfectly fine. Go for
1: it. It was like kid friendly. Um, So I was like, I want to get, I need revenue from my music. I'd sunk like thousands of hours into music at this point and not Mm -hmm. a lot of return. So I just wanted revenue. So I shifted my mindset from sync into, from doing like, um, working with an agency exclusively, trying to go after those big, big placements, you know, those, you know, 20 grand, 50 grand placements. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do bulk sales in micro sync licensing. And there's a few mm-hmm. left out before that, like music bed, music vine, um, you know, a pond five, whatever. And I found this new company art list that was doing syn- micro syncs. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to generate like, whatever, 5,000 streams or 5,000 syncs for like five bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Cool. I just need money. Um, so it was that, like, it was a long you know, journey into sync that led me to that first big check of like, you mm-hmm. know, just learning and, and lessons and whatnot, and that was like, yeah, that was the that was the carrot that kept me going, and then it mm-hmm. gave me fuel and funds to like do another EP for myself, uh, mm-hmm. which you know, I put with a different agency, Um, and so it just kept me kept me going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, does that make sense? It does, it, like, does it, it does, it really does. No, long, thank you for going so deep into answering your question. No,
0: it's amazing. That's perfect. Thank you. Um. Actually, to follow up on some of the things that you mentioned, you spoke yeah. about you know being sometimes maybe being in exclusive situations, then maybe working in non-exclusive situations. Yeah. In my experience, like I know when I started uh, around like 2016, 2017, yeah. I was I got into supposedly one of like the better exclusive um, sync libraries.
1: Oh yeah. What library? What library was that? If you don't mind me asking.
0: I prefer not to say it because. Oh I yeah. No,
1: it's fine. It's like fine, man.
0: That but like um it's just in my experience i dropped about i put four songs into them and Mm -hmm. from the research and everything they were supposed to like the top five libraries and over a year like having my music in their library nothing had happened from it yeah and at this point in time i'm also um selling beats which is actually just licensing as well to artists and even some visual people who like films and so on so i was in a scenario where I couldn't use that music that I put exclusively into that library, but I was in a situation where I was getting licensing for myself, non-exclusively. And like it was working that position. I just wanted to see from your experience, like how has been the exclusive versus non-exclusive like journey working with, you know, that's,
1: that's a great, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I've had the same experience. Mm-hmm. And when I first started off, I was with exclusive agencies and I probably in like four years got like a $500 placement.
2: Oh.
1: I went with art non-exclusive being like I'm going to put this music everywhere. I'm just going to license mm-hmm. it everywhere. And that's when I started generating like 15 15k checks. I landed like a $20,000 placement with Songtrader, um mm-hmm. $50,000 non-exclusive placement uh, non-exclusive placement with Crucial Music. And I don't know what it was, but I was also able to like network and and, and sort of sell my own music. So mm-hmm. to your point and, and with and with this uh the e p released after that first e p as a solo artist, I went with one of the top um licensing agencies in Nashville, mm-hmm. and the same thing man 's been with them for two years. I just pulled it out like last month because in two years there was nothing nothing i I mean I like to speculate and I'd love to hear your thoughts too. I love to speculate on like why that is, but I, my best guess is that you know with an exclusive agency uh it's like you're relying you're the bottleneck is like the agent. Whoever's pitching your music, whether they mm-hmm. see the right brief, they think of your music. They, so you're you're reliant on one point of contact. Singular point. To lay, yeah, to like sync your music. Whereas if you're non-exclusive and you're like with a micro-sync library like Artlist or Music Fine, Music Bed, like you got tens of thousands of creators searching mm-hmm. for your music. So mm-hmm. you've got literally tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of points of contact for people to be like yeah I'll license that for 5 bucks versus the one point of contact mm-hmm. who could be like oh I'm feeling in the mood for like Colby's music maybe I'll look through some briefs do you know what I mean like yeah. I don't know what that is but that's my that's my theory and the data is that with me for me with exclusive agencies mm. I've probably grossed over 10 years 500 bucks non exclusive agencies libraries I've grossed over 10 years 160k Mm-hmm. And so I just got to go with the data and be like, "That's where it that's is. Where it is. And that for me at least, that's where it's, I know." And I also know there's a lot of, like, I have some uh, colleagues who are with like position music or resonate, and they crush it. And mm. I don't know how they do. Mm. I don't know what the formula is, but they crush it, and they're mm. doing so. It can work, but I, I just don't have the data to back that up for me personally. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's a great question. Yeah,
0: I think just because you did ask a little from my side, like. Yeah, yeah. Because again, like it could potentially work for some people. Maybe more in an outlier situation, it could potentially work. But based on just like you know simple business fundamentals, what yep. you're essentially doing is diversification.
2: Yeah, exactly. Essentially,
0: you're putting yourself in multiple positions where you're presenting yep. opportunities to come from multiple places. Totally. If this place isn't working out now, another place can be working. If that so, place is working, another place can be working. And the more and more you put yourself out into various different scenarios, the more you're protecting yourself from singular risk, idiosyncratic risk of one singular location, not doing what you need. Because, and that's, as you said, like, we don't know if this person who is in charge of this catalog is going to go all the way to support our music at that point in time. It's a very risky scenario to be in. So I think that's why the non-exclusive, because I'm more of a proponent for non-exclusive as well. It just yeah. it gives you a little bit more agency and control in like trying to get more, maximizing your opportunities.
1: Absolutely. I, I love, I love the words you used, used great, you used very expensive words. and I love it. The idiosyncratic and the the more agency. I love that because mm-hmm. what I'm doing now with this, I got a new EP, like currently in a waterfall release. And what I'm doing now is tr- I'm basically, I'm pitching directly to ad agencies, like the mm. dense. Who's the WPPs, the Landor and Fitches, Saatchi, Saatchi, like the guys who are in charge of Ford's brand to create, you know, half million dollar commercials and they need music. Mm-hmm. So it's with that agency that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm sort of acting as my own agent, not in the fashion mm-hmm. that I get briefs, but I'm like, I'm selling my music and I love that. And that's why I tell new artists too, whenever I get questions like exclusive or non-exclusive, I give them like the data, but I'm mostly like, It feels like you have more agency and you're not totally reliant on one, like you said, one point of contact when you're non-exclusive. Different libraries can work with you, man, for Mm -hmm. sure. Sure. I totally support that.
0: And even just to add on to like, you know, what you just described, I think the other variable that, you know, benefits your situation is that you have a vast amount of experience doing it. You understand the lingo, you understand the landscape, and all of that takes time and effort into investing into yourself to be able to pitch yourself in those scenarios. Because Mm -hmm. not everyone can just, you know, I'm going to go talk to this ad agency. You have to have a certain level of confidence, understanding, and just that experience, which you've developed for yourself to allow you to give yourself that competitive advantage, which is important.
2: Totally. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. it's, It's interesting because, like, I know I was going through your TikToks and you did even mention it about after you have your music head, once, you know, you've created the music, you need to put on your business head. Which yeah, is yeah. I can tell that you obviously understand what you're trying to do for yourself, which is also yeah.
1: important. Well, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I love that you brought that up because it is like, I feel like it's the Achilles heel of most musicians as they, mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen this, like if you can just, I tell musicians, this. like if you can write a coherent email that doesn't ramble on, if you can mm-hmm. get back in a timely manner, you can mm-hmm. answer your cell phone when agents call you, you're going to be, Nine uh, ahead of the game by like nine ahead of ninety percent of the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just 100%. very basic, very basic business like sense. You'll be ahead of the game, and it's it's um it's fresh and not frustrating, but it's uh, I don't know if it's disheartening for me when I see like musicians who have great music and they just they can't I don't know they don't have that business mind that left brain or right brain mind that can mm. get them in front of the mm-hmm. you know, music as a product that they're selling versus mm. the intertwined like artwork that they're really. Mm-hmm precious of uh yeah so i i love that that's a great point
0: i do actually have a question that's kind of you know towards that do you think that your let's just say your business brain became better optimized while you were a dad because you have more responsibilities so you have to think more critically of how i need to do this to make sure that it works out so i can take care of the people that are dependent on
1: me uh, yeah a hundred percent hundred percent um it it was more, it was less about being optimized as far as like, I have to take care of people, but more around my time became more precious. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, I had to, I was very analytical and looked at the data, the historical data and looked at the trajectory of where I wanted to go to say like, I need to optimize my time in the most efficient manner. Mm -hmm. And there's a balance there. Like you, you can be too optimized where you're like, there's like no fun, right? There's no like free, like, all right, I'm going to like, You know, ran jam for like fifteen minutes by myself. Like, you can be too optimized, but Mm -hmm. what it did was it it forced me to be like, you know, to my no became stronger. I guess that's a better way of putting it. My no became stronger. So like, when there was like, hey, can you play at this winery? It's like fifty bucks for four hours. I'd be like, no thanks. Like, I don't want to and I don't need it. Mm. Or like, why don't you try this? Uh, You know, I'm a new agent or library. Can you submit my music? Do an exclusive thing here? I'd be like. Nah, because that takes a lot of time for me, and mm. I know like the like a year over year per song, I can get like seven to ten grand per song over here. So mm. I know just became stronger because yeah. I knew like I got like ten hours, twelve hours of working time in the day, and mm. a lot of it can be dedicated to my kids, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be wasting my time driving here, going here, going to this meeting. I really, mm. it, and it still is today. Like, and and it fuels like. The reason why I do sync so much is because it, it's, for me at least, the most uh, um, efficient, like passive—not passive, but like efficient way to uh, to make high amounts of revenue in my
0: music. yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't so, yeah,
1: totally, hundred percent. Being a dad, and I, I and I encourage this of other musicians too. Is like. You know, be open initially and and have you know a bit of play in like your your time and and don't be so you know very um, stringent or or um, how do I say structured. But -hmm. at some point, like learn how to say no because there's so much there's so much stuff that you could be doing. Focus in on what you want to do and say yes to all that and be like be sure to say no to stuff that doesn't serve your goal. Right, one hundred
0: percent. Yeah, yeah. Like just even add on to what you're saying. It's, I think when you're, it's almost like an entry level position as an artist. When you come into the game, there are going to be scenarios where you will potentially have to say yes more because you don't have enough experience or insight and putting yourself in certain your positions can help you grow as an individual. And as you oh. get more and more value, you gain more leverage. And that yeah. lets, lets you be in a position where you can start saying more no's over time because totally. you developed yourself and made yourself competitive as you evolve. Totally. Oh, in,
1: yeah. in that scenario, too, it's like I have the historical data to know. Like one of my posts you probably saw with like um, uh, the ca- catch and release uh, person who came to me was like, We'll buy this license to song you five grand all in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ah, I've got some history. I've got some knowledge yes. and experience on this type of licensing. And I know it's worth at least 20K. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to say no to that first offer, but I'm going to politely counter with a uh, an offer that I know is this is the correct value for this song. Yes. And and like I think having that knowledge, but also having that uh what do I want to say? Like um not the experience, but like in your catalog, like they see, like if you are an award-winning songwriter, or if your music's been featured in like a Carnival Cruises or Coca-Cola commercial, that kind of adds value to to your yep. music as well. Knowing, yeah, being able to leverage that value. I know it's for like new artists who've never been in sync, that's kind of like a useless advice, but like mm-hmm. It's okay to start small, like you said. It's like it's like okay to feel like it's an entry level mm-hmm. position and move from there. But once you have that experience, start to leverage that data to, to your advantage for negotiating, for knowing mm-hmm. where to place your music, and, and all that for sure.
0: And that's the thing. Like it, all, it always starts from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like when. So how it usually works is that as soon as you start to get some, you know, accolades or dependent, regardless of what skill it is, that yeah. accolade can let you give you a better position to negotiate for the next accolades and you keep on stacking and stacking and adding more over time It's about taking what happens when you can get it, understanding the value of what you have right now. So you can use it when you're negotiating in further scenarios, and keep increasing your value over time. So like, again, like as you said, like once you have leverage to say that I've been in this scenario, that person can not come and BS you and try to like, you know, play with you and say like, Oh, like, Oh no, this is what you should get. You yeah. already have established value because you have association with these brands, so they know that okay, no, he knows what he's saying, so I can't try and finesse him, kind of thing. Yeah. So like, yeah. it increases your negotiation value and abilities. Totally. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, I love the piece of that. It's so funny because I had so many questions around this, but you're kind of like flowing into them naturally before I even get to ask them, which is,
1: which is. I love great. it. dude. We're in the state. We're in the flow.
0: In the flow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Here's a question. So yeah. there's, you know, with standard like sync companies and music libraries is you submit their music. If they accept, like they pitch it for you potentially. And if, you know, you, they get a successful plate, you split the profits in libraries that use a subscription model. How is that business structure broken down? How do you yeah. compensate artists in that scenario?
1: Yeah, it's generally, um, with, I'll I'll use Artlist as an example, and I think actually these other models like Music Vine, Music, that have have all started the subs- subscription based model. I think yeah. Artlist sort of um, pioneered it, and it's mm-hmm. basically how they do it. I think it's actually in the terms of the contract, it's like sixty um, percent of their gross revenue forever, mm-hmm. for for the year with an list. I think it's sixty percent. I mean, don't quote me on the numbers, but it's something like a large chunk of their gross revenue is allocated to artist payouts, mm-hmm. and. What they do is they calculate within that, let's say it's a million bucks, 60 percent of that 600 grand, and they divide up that 600 grand by the total amount of downloads per that year. Mm -hmm. So if it's 600, let's say it's 600 grand, and then say that's 600, uh, sorry, yeah, 600,000 downloads. So -hmm. that would be $1 per download. Mm -hmm. And then basically go into your catalog and say, you had 100 downloads, $1 per download, you get $100 Mm -hmm. for this year. I mean those those numbers are, are way off because you know it's usually like you get like you know nine thousand downloads and like six, seven, ten grand, et cetera. But it's basically, yeah, they set aside the company sets aside a chunk of revenue, and depending on it's basically like a popularity index of your song. Mm. Like, mm. Your song was downloaded a lot, it's very popular. You get a larger share of this giant pot of mm. of of money or funds. Mm. Now the challenge with that, and, and this is kind of where it's like, um, um the challenge of that uh, work becomes like um uh interesting mm-hmm. I and mean, where i 'm at right now is like trying to gauge like like with artists. list it's become so big and there's so many artists mm-hmm. that a cut of that pot is increasingly smaller, or you have to get more yeah. de to maintain that same amount of, yeah. of so it's interesting like right now i'm in the equation of like trying to diversify my portfolio between different libraries to say Mm -hmm. like, all right, I got four songs here. I can put it in this library and trying to suss out like this is a highly popular library or subscription based Mm -hmm. model, Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of artists in there. Maybe that's a great place to go because people are paying a lot of money to be there, but maybe Mm -hmm. the pot is divided up amongst less artists. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is like trying Mm -hmm. to feel out like where, like which, which library is going to do best for this music or which, which agency. Um, but yeah, that's generally how it how it works. I, I would I would be surprised if those other subscription models had a different um mm-hmm. a different model.
0: And with like Artlist, for example, do they do you? Does your catalog have to be exclusive with them, or do they represent you non exclusively?
1: No, the I, that, that's a great question. So Artlist is kind of in a, a a little bit of a backtrack on that. Artlist feels like it's got this like. Not bad boy reputation in the sync world, but like some libraries, like specifically do not like your music to be an art list and in their catalog. Yeah. I've had a few, a few libraries say this directly and ex- explicitly. Um, uh, and the reason is, is that, um, I think because art list came to the game first and sort of <laughs> undercut everybody. Yeah. Basically, like, you know what? it's not going to be 60 bucks a download. It's going to be a subscription based 200 bucks a year. You get unlimited downloads. Take that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with Artlist, so to answer your question with Artlist, Artlist is very much open, non-exclusive wherever you want to go. And Mm -hmm. I think they might be changing that a little bit. I know they have like some custom licensing, like you can create some exclusive tracks and maybe they're Mm -hmm. in that a little bit, but Artlist is sort of like, the bit, the behemoth at like the 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 foundation of the like the sync mm-hmm. uh, uh, library, whereas some of these other libraries, um, they'll want like more than half of your catalog to not be an art list if you're going to be with them, or, mm-hmm. or they'll, they, but they're not non-exclusive. They just don't want it specifically in the
0: yeah, because of the, the which is, be-
1: which is and uh, I will say this about about art list. Uh, it's got that reputation. And I've always told my other songwriter friends about this. I, I I almost want to like, I roll my eyes at these other libraries. And the reason is, is not to throw shade on them, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: the, the previous to Artlist, a musician trying to get revenue from Sync, they were, it was a very exclusive club. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It was like, mm-hmm. it was like three little libraries, like Marmoset, Music Vine, Music Bed, some agencies, and it was mm-hmm. all exclusive. It was like fine dining in a Mm. restaurant you had like hundreds of musicians outside this like double pane glass tapping and being like can i get some steak like i'm really (laughs) hungry right Mm. and they're like oh the gatekeepers were like "Mm, no it's not that great we're all still dining and 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 whining here the other artists who were in the restaurant were having a great time because they're they're being fed Mm -hmm. Artist comes along with like a carnitas food truck and was like hey i'll give you a burrito like a local, a, a street taco for your song. Mm. It's not going to be a steak, but it's a street taco. Mm. And they fed thousands of artists, right? Mm. In, the, in mm. this metaphor. And so I look at these other artists who are like, they're all like butthurt about Artless coming along. And I I, I go like, like tough, like I I don't care because I made a lot, a lot of revenue and it kept mm. me going. Artless kept me going. So I don't mm. have a lot mm. of sympathy for these other um you know, artists who are in these other, in this exclusive club in these libraries who are like, mm-hmm. oh, but artless ruined the game. It's like, they didn't ruin the game. They ruined the game for you. They mm-hmm. gave tens of thousands of other artists an actual yeah, viable, like, source of revenue. Mm-hmm. And that is a good thing in mm-hmm. my book, mm-hmm. right?
0: It's such a fascinating concept, like, when you really think about, um, I guess, when a business model that's generally the standard changes because of, you know, a company being like you know a changer like switches up the structure and seeing how the old guard and the new guard i guess are at odds yeah similar thing can be said with like beat stars and any other licensing platform whereas before beats were like you know 10 grand 20 grand per beat and it was left out to a smaller a smaller um you know a smaller pocket of producers that could be in that position then the yeah. star comes in and it democrat democratizes the whole landscape. And yeah. Now there's a larger um, portion of artists who can generate income from it. Yeah, um, it's 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 it always happens every time in various nations. It's always interesting. Mm. I think what's kind of like fascinating right now is seeing because I think the markets are like it's always evolving. Things are always shifting, and it's yeah. going to be interesting to observe how I guess people um how people react to like I guess how the markets are evolving. Cause like from my perspective and from what I'm analyzing and seeing everywhere else, it looks like the the standard or where beats were at before mm-hmm. is changing. And it looks like the market is evolving. And I want to see like I'm just interested to see how like I guess because I'm I'm seeing like maybe younger artists now maybe doing like lower price beats than even before the general standard. And it's going to be interesting to see how when the market reacts to it,
1: how the previous you know people react to it as well. And just how everything evolves in general. But yeah, no, yeah. I, it is, it is interesting. And I, I'm seeing that as well. Like mm-hmm. it, I think this ties in to, to your comment ties in well to like um AI generated art. You know, that's gonna be another variable. Right? So mm-hmm. that and I I tell I think what I my prediction is that with like, you know, this it the access to creating music is so the, the bar the barrier to entry is so, so low great. right it's just like a cheap mm-hmm. laptop fruity loops logic whatever music uh garage band you can make music it's right moves. you can throw it out there and gonna, do, yeah. anyway um but i think what is going to happen is the the sort of quality and the artistry of the um of the music right the depth mm. and sort of like quality like the difference between like a Kmart pair of jeans and like a Louis Vuitton pair of jeans. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the differentiating factor, particularly mm-hmm. when mm. AI comes out and it's just going to be a flood of mm. mass, you know, mass produced music beats because mm. it's gonna be so easy. I think for artists, what's going to be important is, is sort of diversifying and and sort of um uh, weighing for lack of a better word, your catalog into like, this is my entry level catalog or mm-hmm. my, my beats catalog. It's like, I got 10, tracks in here beats on this that i'm gonna flood the market with and mm-hmm. then i'm gonna hold back some of these other tracks for like mm. use mm-hmm. or like higher end use because i yeah it's almost like creating a, you know false uh supply issues with your music yeah. like yeah. the diamond industry mm-hmm. but i think that that'll be uh that's kind of how i'm viewing it now is like i have mm-hmm. like my catalog that's just everywhere and then i have like some songs i'm like well these are exclusive these aren't everywhere and so mm-hmm. that creates a um uh yeah false uh supply issue with my music and it mm-hmm. i i think will create like more demand but it, it will be interesting how the markets shift i think um mm. yeah it will be interesting i least. think even just
0: as a general plan you're just it's just smart because you're positioning yourself in multiple sectors it's the same yeah. thing as like it's also like um for example, some producers may do like a custom beat, and that's like mm-hmm. their high ticket product where they charge a higher price and totally. they but they also have beats that are available for a different market that's more yeah. um, cost you know effective for like people at a different budget level. It's yeah. just it's always smart to see all the places that you can position yourself with based on your skill sets and the products that you have because at that point, like because you never know which is gonna be the one that's the most optimal at least if you get to test out different things, try different things. One, you prepare yourself if the market shifts towards another area. And two, you can potentially diversify and get like income from different structures. So like, no, it's smart that you're doing that as well too. Yeah. I
1: think, Mm. and I think that's, I think that's a great point to uh, diversifying. Uh, Yeah. Being in, I mean, it's the, the fun thing about the fun and the challenging thing about music is just that it's such like every what, six months. It's like, significantly changed <laughs> of how it's working mm-hmm. right and so mm-hmm. it's hard because you have to keep up but the yeah. the opportunities there when things change things are breaking and so there's mm-hmm. there's gaps where you can like fill in those needs yeah. of, that are changing so mm-hmm. it's both the challenging part about music and the the thing that helps like is mm-hmm. like the differentiating factor within music that allows like new artists to like rise up like with tiktok imagine like tiktok in 2019 there was really nothing going on and suddenly like 2021 20, 22, like you could go viral, you could, you could have a record deal within a month on this little platform that no one heard of, you know, four yeah. years ago. Um, in, so
0: in a year or two, it's already the, the, the landscape is already evolving and changing. That's what I mean. Like, I was
1: even crazy. talking to my, my guy like uh, a week ago, uh, mm-hmm. for like Organic social. He's like, it's all changed, man. Now it's like it's like YouTube shorts, you got ads coming back. YouTube Mm -hmm. uh, TikTok is like viral down, like long Mm -hmm. former content. Mm -hmm. It's always shifting. So it's challenging, Mm -hmm. but that means like you can always stay ahead of the game. You can always, there's always to be like, I'm gonna nudge in on this change, I'm gonna get in on Mm -hmm. this change. Um, yeah, Yeah. I think that's what keeps the doors open. Hmm. I think that's why and I know it's not
0: something that every musician wants to hear, but realistically when you have a good idea of business and how things work you can sometimes predict where things are going before they even happen kind of thing which lets you be in a position to take advantage of the situations that can potentially come Mm -hmm. to you so for example like um i'll just give like like let's say a year ago a year ago or i can't remember it was a year ago two years ago like three to four, months. this is when TikTok was heating up and like Instagram was getting ready to compete with uh, TikTok and creating like their real structure and like really trying to be a platform that focuses on virality. So I remember like I wrote like a post talking about like, you know, that this transition was coming and just, you know, take advantage of it when it happens because when you also have experience, you also know that these things don't last, these moments of virality, like there's always a period where a platform or something is going to give you like you know so much growth then it starts to level off once they've gotten what they want out of it yeah. so yeah. like um, i remember at that time i was like just trying to advise as much people to like take advantage of this while it's there because yeah. it's not always going to be there you kind of almost have to wait for the next cycle of virality to
1: totally. capitalize on um, it I, think, I think that's probably one of the, the the more valuable pieces of advice in the music industry mm. Specifically with with organic social media,
2: mm-hmm.
1: paid ads, etc. I mean, I'm kicking myself because in 2019 I was like, I don't want to be like I, I was like every musician, be like, I don't want to be on another be on TikTok, thing, <laughs> on another thing. And I I'm kicking myself now. But yeah, yeah. same thing can be said for um for like sync licensing mm-hmm. in regards to and what what I mentioned before is like when I got in with Artlist, I think I was one of the first 100 artists on the platform, mm. and that I, I, that allowed me to ride the wave of Artlist. Growth and now they're like the mm-hmm. biggest library. I think mm-hmm. where they have the biggest platform in the industry. So to to your point is like to other artists when you see like something. And it's, I'd love to get your opinion on like what you see changing, but like when you see something changing, try to get in on it at least a little bit and try to mm-hmm. you know try to um, yeah, shift your strategy and, and thought and try to be dynamic around it because it can. Mm-hmm. Like like Artlist, like it's probably I think it's harder to get into Artlist now. You're not getting as much revenue because there's a lot more artists on there. Mm -hmm. But like years ago, like it was it was good. Like the getting was good, and now it's like mm, not so much anymore. You got to look for what's what's the new thing going on. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's tough. I I will say I think some general things that are always good to have is rather than depending on virality, you want to Focus on like I think three things that are really good that are helpful is one, having a decent understanding of ads, because at that point you're not necessarily focusing on trying to have this blow up moment. It's more so, yeah. If you have a certain budget, if you have the right piece of content to market, you can kind of predict how much like let's just say followers or engagements you're going to get, and at that point you've set up a foundation for having a predictable business. Yeah. So like that's the first thing. The second thing is also to try and, rather than having quantitative growth, try and have qualitative growth. How much can yeah. you build the relationship and value with the people yeah. that come into your universe, your ecosystem, focusing on those individual interactions, individual comments? All of those scenarios are like, what builds the value with each individual person that you know taps into your brand? Because that relationship, let's just say if you built a strong relationship with one individual person it increases the conversion rate of the potential business in how they can support you. Like a random person who follows you, but like you, they don't really care about you versus someone who actually appreciates what you're doing and like they feel like there's a connection is more likely to financially support you. Totally. So like in those scenarios, like again, so going back to um, having like at least some ad marketing structure. So you know that there's something that you can predict and have an idea of what's coming in. Those people that come in, build a relationship with them, then ideally also moving then the third thing is moving people off these platforms have them like on an email list or a text line something that you control the means of communication because you never know when these platforms are going to change the structure so the more that you have people within your ecosystem that you can always directly contact the less of a the less vulnerable you are to the platforms
1: yeah, so yeah. I, I love that. I love mm-hmm. all. This. I love. I love the the point number two mm-hmm. specifically, um, and it's. I I, I usually um, I do this, and I I tell artists too is like do the things that are not scalable. Mm-hmm. And to me, that I think I think you get this is like when someone follows you, reach out to them. Hey, thanks for the follow. I love that you're mm-hmm. following. Uh, you know, here's my latest single. Or when they comment, hey, thanks for the comment. Love like be. Engage with them. They see that because the bigger artists that they follow, I don't know if they ain't got time for it or if it's just too many people messaging them. But like, you're not going to get a you a, know a, a, a message back from you know Dre mm-hmm. or uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Miley Cyrus or whatever. But they can form that relationship with you and feel like they're part of your your universe. So I love, I love, I love just forming those relationships. And it's such an easy way. Like if they came from your ad, like you've got them in your universe. Your work yep. is 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 working so Mm -hmm. keep make them feel like they're worth they're valuable to you
0: yeah which is which is i think what it comes down to like it 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 starts with having the mentality of appreciating the people who appreciate you like you have to realize that these are like the foundation for how you as an artist are going to move forward It's not just simply what can i get out of them is what can i create that is beneficial for everyone that's coming into this ecosystem and like from there like it's 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 funny because like as you said do the things that aren't scalable like once you start to do things like that like your stability becomes so much stronger like it's yeah. easier to have a less fear because at least you know you built something and people who appreciate you like yeah. and also like you have the opportunity to also potentially evolve over time because these people you know there's a relationship there's an understanding they have an idea of who you are You may go in a different direction over time. There's so many things that you can evolve, but because you've established a relationship with them, they're more willing and open to potentially see you evolve and stick with you. So, like, uh, that's part of the process of building a community, as people always say. It's not just getting followers, it's building an actual community.
1: Totally. And, like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this. I've seen people with 100,000 followers. Mm Uh, but they couldn't get someone to the show or buy merch because mm-hmm. right? they got the followers, but they don't have that, that, uh, that fan base, that loyal phone, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah. Which I think is, is like, like you said, it's critical for, for musicians growth and, mm-hmm. and for stability and different sources of revenue. Yeah. Um, all of it hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. No, 100%. Um, just to pivot a little, actually, no, let me, let's stick with sync for a second. Um, obviously I've heard the story of how you got the $20,000 placement with Uber, but yeah. for the listeners, could you tell them how that whole scenario went down?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, it was, uh, so there was a song that I had, uh, I have still there. It's called the wedding song. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't know it at the time. I wasn't trying to be fancy, but I just called it the wedding song. Cause I wrote it for my wife. And our wedding, so it's just like the wedding song, but it it, it ended up being uh, I put it on the art list when it first came out, and it ended up being uh, one of the best, like for me at least, licensed tracks. And I attribute with hindsight back to it that title just being good SEO. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it at the time, but it was like when people look for like wedding music or wedding songs, the title of my song is like that, mm-hmm. so it popped up. So that song in like from like 2016 to. You know, and still it's it's just being licensed. You know, it was thousands of times, tens of thousands of times per year back in the day, now like thousands of times now. Um, and so it's it's kind of everywhere in a lot of music video or wedding mm-hmm. videos. Wedding videographers use it. And um, in one of those videos, uh, a dude, in one of the videos that used one, one of my songs, a dude used Uber, I think, I forget what, like to get to his wedding or something, but in a little video, um, my song was playing and Uber's in the, you know, Uber's like there's an Uber car or maybe it was in the, in the post. So uh, my guess is, and this is where I, I'm, I'm not sure. My guess is that Uber saw this video. We're like, I want to, we need, we want to use that for our summer ad campaign for like, it was, was it last year? I guess they were just trying to push like Uber's more than just driving. It can do like, you know, flowers or it can do like food. And, it's trying mm-hmm. to um, and so they, they needed to clear it because my music was in this video they couldn't separate they couldn't like change out the music because it was already like it was live this music this mm-hmm. video was wild i guess they could have like muted all but there was like there was uh vocals there was um sorry uh lyrics not lyrics there was um dialogue Honestly, mm-hmm. so they, mm-hmm. they could have like kiboshed the whole thing but but my music was there so then they sent a an agency called catch and release which once they reached out to me i did some research there um an agency that's exclusively, they, they clear music for, for uh, use in, in videos. And so the lady, the uh, agent at Catch and Release came to me and was like, hey, um, we want to use uh, your song uh, from this video in an ad campaign. It's going to be, she gave me all the terms, like it's worldwide, mm-hmm. six months. Um, basically, and the usage was like everything but internet, or sorry, everything but um, national TV, which was like social media, ads, uh mm-hmm business uh videos just all of it um and she was like buy in for all both sides master side publishing side all in 5000 and i was like the and so in the like as i mentioned on the, on the tiktok it was like 4 years ago i'd been like 5000 for one one license that's amazing <laughs> but uh just that same year and like 4 months ago vrbo had licensed a song from me for one of their um uh, ad campaigns, mm-hmm. the same terms. It was like six month run, everything but national TV worldwide, mostly going to use on like YouTube ads, whatever. And they, I like, I secured that for 20 K. So mm-hmm. in my noggin, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I just, I just did this like four months ago. Let's do, um, let's see if I can, let's see how, you know, if this, if this will work. So I applied the reach back. I'm like, Hey, that works. Gra- glad that you found the music. Glad that you love it. I was very polite about it. And it was sort mm-hmm. of no nonsense. It was like, you know, um, I just licensed this song or I licensed a similar song, um, to VRBO for 20K for the same terms, get, uh, ask the client, you know, if that works for the client, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she came back and I think I mentioned this video. She came back. It was like, it was like three minutes. She emailed me back. It was like, that's fine. And there was no, and there was no, no back and forth. offer. There was no like, oh, we only have 10K. Can you do like. 10 or we does 15 work? And so mm-hmm. I kind of, it was a great lesson for me of two things of like, you know, I have that, if you have that leverage and usage um, from past licensing, like using mm-hmm. two know, like the client who's asking what kind of, if there's a fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. or do they have a budget? And three, kind of always ask for more than you think. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like, my buddies were saying like, oh man, five, ask for like 12 or 10, like double it. That's going to be way too much. I was like, you know Mm what? I'm going to go for it. And if they, in my head, I'm like, if it's too much, they'll counter offer. Cause if they already want my video, so they'll counter. So I'm not going to like, like, I'm not going to show my medals like a a newbie, but Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to walk away. So I Mm -hmm. tried it worked but that her response time tells me like, I probably could ask for 30, maybe 40. (laughs) <laughs> but lesson <than laughs> I mean, I I feel like I won, but it's like, oh man, I I didn't realize like she was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm they may have a budget like fifty. I don't know. But That's I, hilarious. Yeah, it was great. So that was like, I was I love that story, and it's mm-hmm. and it, it, the other reason why I like that story. Do you mind if I keep going? Like this is a long. Keep, going, keep going. The other the other thing I like is because like I tell like I tell that story in the TikTok, and it feels like I think a lot a lot of people look at this and like, oh man, like you just got that sync. Like it almost feels like it just like popped out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I, to 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 like I tell musicians like you remember like I was in sync from like 2010 to like 2006 mm-hmm. or 2016 with exclusive agencies. Learning that they didn't work, I went with Artlist in 2016, like mm-hmm. to like diversify. I was in Artlist, and then from Artlist uh, they found this video. So this is like you know mm-hmm. 13 years of work yep. of me trying to figure out the, the industry, the game. Mm-hmm to land this 20 K placement. So mm. and just pop out of nowhere. Like this is, uh, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like pivots and moves and, and leg work that got me. A lot of sweat equity, a lot of sweat equity, just a lot of like learning and yeah. not to say that it can't happen. I'm sure it could happen to someone like, you know, fresh out, fresh out of the gate, but, uh, it's, it wasn't for me. It was, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of learning and a lot of knowing where to put my music and all that.
0: Like you me, like, um, I fully understand where you're coming from because it's, I think some people don't understand what it takes one, like, you know, to have that amount of time that's invested. So you can even be in the position to even counter and have like, you know, understanding of it. Yeah. And also the fact that you put yourself in another location where you increase by putting yourself, let's just say an art list, and your music was being synced multiple times. you increase yeah. increased the variable of more visibility by each individual sync as it happened. And it just so happened that Uber had seen one of the companies that of one of the videography of a wedding that used them, and that led to that as well. There's there's multiple things that have happened up that's led up to this one singular moment, and that's yeah. based on you putting things out consistently, you positioning yourself, testing things, trying things out, risking, yeah. understanding what it is you're doing, trying to be business savvy. It's not just it just happened.
1: Totally things led up to that. Totally. Mm-hmm. It almost, it comes back to, it's reminding me of like the, the very first com- question we had about like exclusive versus non-exclusive. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's reminding me, like, I'm still a relatively new artist. Like mm-hmm. I make a lot of revenue in sync, but like, in the artist field, like, as far as like listeners and streams, I'm very fresh. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like, it reminds me of like, as a new artist, it it's probably more beneficial to go non-exclusive because you get that visibility. Like when I started mm-hmm. syncing art list, my streams went up as mm-hmm. well like it was mm-hmm. basically like I was being paid to be marketed because all yeah. my music was in these wedding videos where people would message me they would dm me like I just heard your music in this youtube video over here or this like little commercial here or this film or this wedding and it, mm-hmm. I gained a lot of fans
2: mm-hmm.
1: that mass visibility mm-hmm. plus I was making money from it so like yep. I think it's another uh, um sort of variable for new artists is like if you're new like try to just get your music in as many places as possible because that visibility mm-hmm. Builds on itself, you know.
0: No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah. How did it feel getting those messages, like people sharing their special moments around how oh, it it's awesome great. That? It's
1: great. I love it. I love. Hmm. It, it's those it, I mentioned before. It's like those carrots uh throughout hmm. my music career. um I've I've gotten a few. And I think I've saved a few of them where I hmm. get emails of like, I was in a hard place. I listen. Hmm. I heard your music, and it brought tears like mm. I, I, it changed me forever and for me when i get those it's so encouraging for me because at, at least i tell my wife because it, it's a lot of work like you know, mm-hmm. you know music it's music it's a lot of late hours it's a lot of work and i say like mm-hmm. I say, honey i can't explain this because she's not a musician but i'm like it's like the closest thing to like real world magic that i know mm.
2: of.
1: So check this out i can make i can have a feeling I can write down some chord progression with some lyrics. I mm. put on Spotify, and someone in Japan
2: mm-hmm.
1: later hears that, mm. and I can affect their biophysiology. Like, mm-hmm, I can affect mm-hmm, their.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: I don't know. I don't know uh, what other thing, like, cinema can do that. Like, But for me, it's like, that's the coolest thing ever. And so when mm. I get those messages, it's like, mm. it's very encouraging. It is. Uh, it is. It's very encouraging. I'm sure you've gotten that too. With like, yeah. I, 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 actually, I see on your Instagram where people are like, you you really helped me out like it's mm-hmm. just it's a good feeling to know like yeah that mm-hmm. you're, you're you're valued someone else looks at your art and your work and goes this mm-hmm. has value and that's yeah. kind of cool you know it's mm-hmm. a cool feeling mm-hmm.
0: it's such an important thing to really also reflect and think about and be grateful for yeah. because like i've experienced that from the music side and also from the education side with the business side and like yeah It goes back to what you're saying, the things that aren't scalable per se, because rather than focusing on the total number, you're reflecting on the value that that you added to that one individual person. How You essentially, depending on how they took the song or whatever, like it it affected their life in some way in the direction in which they're going. So it's, I do, I get what you, I get what you mean when you say it feels like magical, like you're doing
1: something, it has meaning. You're having, amazing. You're having a, a, an amazing impact. And I think that's mm. – it, it's that, what you just said. And I'm glad you mm-hmm. said it because it's that – I have to remind myself when it's like, like what was it? Oh, two days ago, mm. I was reaching out to an agent or a library, and they're, they're like, mm, we, we're we not going to use your music right now. And I was mm. so bummed because I was like, I really wanted this library to use my music. And mm-hmm. I was just feeling down. I was like, this this sucks, man. Mm-hmm. I put so much time and energy and money into this these songs, and they don't want to use it. And uh, you reminding me now that it's like when we can affect like the non-revenue, the non-business side, just the art, Mm -hmm. when it affects humanity, it's such a good feeling because it is – you can affect the person. And for me – like that knock-on effect of what you uh-huh. had on their life can trickle down. Like if you, uh, uh, I don't know, uplifted a, a, a auntie's mood for the day. Maybe she was teaching her kids and it uplifted mm-hmm. their kids. And then like, do you know what I mean? Like it has it's just such a, a, a beautiful effect mm-hmm. that is exponential that your music can impact the world for good. And that to me is like one of the reasons why I got into music. I was like, I want to do something good with my life. 100%. Uh, the, the, I love making money from it too like no course, no lie yeah. like I love it um, mm-hmm. it's also it's mostly cuz I love doing it and I love doing it because it's mm-hmm. it's such a it's a good feeling for me
0: mm-hmm. right? 100%. I think when if you can just sit down and think about those moments those will always be your anchor during yeah. the rough periods of music cuz there's always going to be rough periods there's always going to be tough yeah. parts. Yeah yeah. So like being reflective and thinking about those moments of you essentially created something out of nothing. Yeah. and someone in the world could it could literally like you said japan like i had this one person who bought one of my beats from japan like i've yeah. never been there i love japan i would love to go there one day but like yeah. the fact how far your music can travel and yeah. how it can touch a person's i guess soul is again it's a valuable thing but yeah 100 percent.
2: yeah i love it. Wow. it's a great feeling mm-hmm.
0: okay i had another question for you so nine years ago you released a track called little white Yeah. And that's a long time to evolve as an artist.
2: Mm. And
0: over that period, your relation with your older music can change. Yeah. When you listen to it, do you cringe because you feel you're a better artist even though others may look? <laughs> <learn? laughs> or do you look back with fondness because it represents a timepiece of a previous version of yourself?
1: That's a great question. It's it's so interesting that you pick that track. Um mm. Uh you probably. Uh, I mean, you're spot on with it. I, it's a, it's um, I think it's like it's a mix of both. If I'm being honest with myself, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mix of like that was a cool time. Like I had was working with those bandmates, and it's a memory. You know, it's a sonic memory in my head of like what I was doing, and. I listen to the lyrics and I'm like, man, these are not great lyrics. <laughs> or like, I could have done a lot better with like, oh, I should have done like a lift there or like maybe I could have mm-hmm. done something else with the harmonies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a mix for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say it's a, it's not a great thing to do to be mm-hmm. like, um, uh, you know, to look back at your music and go, oh, I should have done better. Cause mm-hmm. is, it's like, it's a, it was a moment in time. You do your best, you mm-hmm. move on you do better next time. But yeah yeah i look back and i'm like there's a little bit of cringe i do and, and i guess that's a good thing i mean not a good thing but like me as an artist now mm-hmm. i really i really dig the art that i'm doing now mm-hmm. uh, so I, I guess the growth that i see in the difference of the previous music and now it's it's wider
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: for for better and for worse and, mm-hmm. and so, yeah i it just it's like i'm really digging and i'm sure 10 years from now i'll look back at the art that i'm making now and go oof yeah, wow yeah yeah I guess it's, but I also guess then it's like a good, it's a good indicator of like how far we've grown as artists. If we look back and go, wow, Mm -hmm. that I really didn't know what I was doing with that drum sound, or like Mm -hmm. those vocals are really off. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can recognize that now, and that shows that there's
0: growth. Yeah,
1: for sure. That's a great question, man. Yeah,
0: I think it's something I go through sometimes. Where like I listen to some of my older stuff, I'm like, oh, you made that? That's amazing. And sometimes I'm listening, I'm like, "Uh, like I don't know how I feel about that. But it's funny because sometimes you're emotions can change around it at different time points because yeah. there'll be times maybe where you realize how quote unquote, this was not as good. Then oh, at yeah. times where you're just impressed with your level of ability at that point in time, when like you did that, it's just like, it's, it's yeah. fascinating. It's like, you're getting to watch yourself and yeah. seeing a past version of yourself.
1: And yeah. I will say too, like, mm. I'm probably a good point. Like a lot of the, my previous material was self-produced. So when I look, when I listen back mm-hmm. to stuff that I, I self-produced, I'm like, I, I I go, I to my say to myself, I'm like, I could never do that today because I don't have the energy or mm-hmm. I don't even how I did that. Yep. And you know what I mean? It's like this like um uh like almost like respect to like the previous yeah. version. Man, you did this out of like nothing and like
2: yeah.
1: five hundred bucks worth of gear with no mm. knowledge, just kinda like slapped it together and it sounds decent, like well yeah. done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh is there's that aspect too of like mm. wells. Cool. I wouldn't do it again because that was a lot of work. <laughs>
2: I'm
1: tired even looking at thinking about the whole thing. But yeah, okay. for
0: sure. Okay. Um, now for the final question.
1: Yeah.
0: Actually, no. Before this, I did also want to ask: How did the Virbo, um placement come about?
1: Great question. Um, the verbal placement, and then uh, there was another placement too the last year that pushed me over the six K mark with uh, crucial mm-hmm. uh, crucial music, which I'm happy to talk about mm-hmm. as well. But verbo. That was through a, a a platform called Song Trader. So oh, okay, Song, okay. You know, I'm sure you know Song Trader. It's a self service yeah. platform. I was in there as like one of the first. Like when I was first getting to sync, I was like looking up like best places to put your music, and Song mm-hmm. Trader is one of those things. So I just threw it up there. Uh, I, honestly, before that, I probably get 20 bucks every six months from Song Trader, just like mm-hmm. like you know overhead business radio
2: mm-hmm.
1: or something like that. So I had. I had written them off as like, maybe they just, they're just not doing anything worthwhile. I honestly, I have a little spreadsheet and it's like a little yellow tab next to being like, maybe not send music here. Mm -hmm. Um, But then like January of last year, uh, I got, it was a great, it's a great story because I woke up, I was, uh, I was on vacation at my mom's house with my kids and Mm -hmm. I woke up and there's an email that said, your song's been licensed from Songtrade. And I get those a lot, but it's like $15 for like a photographer. Mm up the email and it was um it said 20k 20 k twenty thousand usd and i was like this has got to be wrong this is wrong wrong, <laughs> wrong. so I, I shut down the email i go have breakfast and i called my bandmate who i wrote the song with and i was like hey man did you get that email he's like yeah and i was like what's up like what what happened he's like i don't know man we should check it out so i emailed the lady at song or the person at song trade and i was like hey this is saying like 20k usd um i'm guessing there was like uh a currency exchange issue Maybe it was in mm-hmm. like Indian Ruples Which is mm-hmm. like 10 bucks or whatever Yeah um, She's like No it's 20,000 And I was like I was floored Because that, at that time That that was the biggest check I had ever received
2: Yeah
1: In one placement Like I was mm-hmm. like Oh my god There's this there's, there's money And so um, Yeah it came through And you know We got a big chunk of change And we were celebrating I went down to his house We went out to dinner Put mm-hmm. on the business card Mm. um it's it sort of it, the the cool thing about that placement it, it shifted my mentality because mm. i i've been struggling a lot you know revenue wise with music yeah. my mentality to be like no there is money a lot of money in music you just mm-hmm. gotta know where where like the money's coming down mm. like you gotta know where to put your bucket mm-hmm. um there's a lot of money and that's kind of where i'm at now is like realizing that you know advertisements uh ad agencies you know Hundreds of millions of dollars every year in ads, and they're Mm -hmm. always music. And an ad agency, a a Fortune 500 company, a Nike, Mm -hmm. Apple—if they license your music for a commercial, like 100k, 150k up front is pretty standard. Like, Mm -hmm. like there's just so much money in big business. So if you can get your music in front of like some Mm -hmm. of these big businesses where they're doing advertising or Mm -hmm. setting up like a a Sonic brand with your song, like, Mm -hmm. man, there's 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 a lot of money in music. That placement mm -hmm. showed me like. No, there's a lot of money music. You just gotta uh you just gotta know kind of where to put your bucket. I'm still trying to figure that out, but um mm-hmm. yeah, it was cool. Just,
0: just to add on to that, like I have this one follower. Um oh, I wish I could remember her name right now, but um essentially she does uh essentially high ticket performances for like companies as well, too, where she does yeah. performances for companies. Yeah, and yeah. as you said, like their companies, they have relatively a higher budget, a bigger budget, and she can do like I think she said like maybe one to three K performance. And it's not like she's some like super big artist. She's just a professional. She does good music and she knows how to, I guess, communicate her value in those scenarios. And I think that's the thing a lot of people need to get about music is that there is money to be made. You just have to really do the work to position yourself to be that person in that you know scenario that can capitalize on that. So totally. Something to be done for sure.
1: Totally. And I've heard on that same note, I've heard stories of um people doing private corporate gigs for like Microsoft or mm-hmm. uh, Oh, OD yeah. when they'll they'll pay them like 20K. 15k yeah. for like for their group to play like three, four hours. Mm-hmm. And because I mean these are giant companies that are spending, yeah. I don't know, it's 20 million, 50 million on marketing every year. And they're just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever, 15 K is there's mm-hmm. nothing. So there's totally, there's there's mm. there's there's money mm-hmm. to be made. It's just like, I tell musicians, it's like, it's a lot of networking, man. You just got to yeah. have that personal, like I said, what we said before, like the things that aren't scalable is really what drives the sync agency. Like I have yeah. relationships with agents and libraries now, reps at libraries, where I can reach out to them and be like, hey, I got this new song. What do you think? Can you put mm-hmm. it in your library? Awesome. Can you put it on a playlist for me? Cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's like for me, like going to like sync conferences and, mm-hmm. and reaching out to people. and So mm-hmm. it's all those relationships that really – yeah. I think help a lot, right? Because
0: you're building trust as well, too.
1: Yeah, totally. From totally.
0: Like I've seen a lot of people. Like um, people can lose their jobs if someone gives them like supervisors. People can lose their job if someone gives like the wrong information about like what they have the rights to with the music. Like yes. um, I've seen like stories of agents, like and Absolutely. people are just like, oh, like you said you had the rights, but you didn't, and now I'm getting like sued by this other people because of that. So like these intangibles, building trust and letting people know that I won't screw you over because I treat myself as a professional and I yep. understand the value of what you're doing. And I don't want to mess things up for you. So that's like, it. Yeah.
1: I, I've, I've spoken to that. Um, uh, in addition to like, there's like responding to business emails in a timely manner, like that mm-hmm. whole, uh, yeah, it's showing a hundred percent. It's showing that the agents, the libraries, the agencies that you are a reliable service yep. Lie on right yeah. that they can reach out to you in a crunch and mm-hmm. be like, I need this licensed. I need a song like this licensed mm-hmm. within the next twenty minutes because sometimes mm-hmm. it happens as quick as that. with like, I got to mm-hmm. get back to the client by the end of the hour. Yeah, are you clear to use this? Can you use this? Can you send me something? And if you can mm-hmm. do that, they're like, oh, you know, David, reach out to him because he's got his act together. Yep. Versus reach out to someone else who like doesn't get back or doesn't have mm-hmm. the clearances, or doesn't have the split sheets ready, mm-hmm. or like one stop clearance contract. You know, all that totally it's it's building it's totally building that trust to to know that your music your agent or your um you know your label essentially like your your individual uh, label as a musician is, is rel- you can be relied upon to deliver yeah. time a good product that's clear for use like boom yeah, totally 100 percent.
0: yeah all right now for the final question as oh, yeah. i already mentioned you are also a dad and a husband yeah, how do you balance your music with your other responsibilities? That's a great question, man.
1: It's a great question. It's a, a, and um a yeah, great question. And To be honest, I'm still I'm working. I'm it's a work in progress for me mm. to, mm-hmm. to to do that. Mm. Um I, I guess and it's a great I'm glad you asked because uh you know, ultimately my kids and my wife come first. Mhm. Uh, like my wife knows I love music, um, but if my kids like having a meltdown, or if they haven't been fed dinner, or my wife needs my support. I put my music on hold, and that's just that's just me. I'm not saying that's right for everyone else, but it's mm-hmm. they come first. I'm I'm lucky enough to have a I have a I have a nine to five job to like support you know mm-hmm. just my my basic my bills and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a, a a day job and a wife that is flexible enough um to um to allow that Mm
2: -hmm. to
1: allow so sorry sorry to allow me to 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 do music um when i need to so Mm -hmm. like tangibly what that looks like is like hey hun i got like a songwriting retreat or like a conference in la next weekend would you mind if i went she's totally supportive but Mm -hmm. that's you know part of part of my job in that is like I'm going to do the grocery shopping. I'm going to get like some meals prepped for you. I'm going to make sure you you are supported when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so yeah. that it's basically not like my whole intention around this. i told my wife, this is like, I want you to think about my music and I want you to get a good feeling.
2: Mm-hmm. And what
1: that means for me is like, when I go do music, you're supported when I get sync revenue for, so whenever I get a revenue piece, I set aside like 10%, 15% for family stuff. Mm-hmm. So I take my kids and her on vacation I'll, I got her, like, this last year, I got her a nice, like, I redid her engagement ring because she really wanted, like, it mm. redone. Like I, I treat her because she's part of that support system that allowed me to do what I've done mm. and give me time to do this. So, mm. yeah, it's, that's part of my equation is, like, I want her, when she thinks about my music, she goes, yeah, that's, mm. yeah, go, go there and make some extra cash or, yes, I feel supported. Go have fun mm. because it's not like this giant drain on the family. Yeah, um, that's good. So that's like the the tangibles. Like as far as artistically, I tell my friends this, like who are new dads who are musicians who are like, I think the standard is like, oh, I just became a dad. My my fun and my creativity are going to end, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the I think that's idea most people most new dads have is if they're musicians, they're like, it's like no more touring and uh, I won't be able to write music. And what I tell them is that like, man, that is a that's an that's a way to go. Like you can think that in my experience though, when I have kids, like. The depth of my artistry is so much richer because mm. I have because I have a, a relationship, like I don't have to try very hard to reach out to as a songwriter to for new material. Mm. Kids, every day, they have something that they bring to me and it's so deep. Mm. Like mm. my feelings for them, my feelings for my family, my wife are just so deep that it's like the material, like the ability to write is so easy now because I have kids. Like I, I all the all material, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have my kids, like as far as material. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't be writing about like, I don't know, going to the beach and surfing or something. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but like, it's, it's a gift. If you choose to have it as a musician, like your kids can be a gift. They can, they'll strengthen your no. Right. So mm-hmm. you just say like, no, I, I want to spend time with my kids. No, thanks to that. No, thanks to that. They, they, the fuel your artistry with the the what they show you, how they live life, the, like the depth of the emotion that they bring to you, mm-hmm. and they'll make you, I think, a better artist because you'll be just more dedicated to the craft because you have limited time and you've got this well of a emotion right at your fingertips.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, did that? Did that answer your question? It was did. That it before? did. No, that was a great answer. Yeah, I never asked you. Are, do you have kids? Or are you pregnant? No, no, no.
0: I don't have kids. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's still a good question to ask. I'm not in a position where I'm a father or a husband, but I do think it's a good question to ask for people, especially for younger people, like how to one potentially see yourself down the line if you do end up in that position. Yeah, because we all get older. Maybe that's something we may want to do at some point in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. and also just having someone speak candidly on that experience doing it. Because again, yeah. that could be a configuration in someone else's life. So I thought it'd yeah. be a good question to get that perspective. I'm sorry, it's
1: a great question too. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that I'm realizing now, when I was single musician, mm. I wanted fame and tons of streams and headlining acts and you know stadiums, auditoriums mm-hmm. filled. Now as a dad musician, I'm totally happy just making music and spending time with my kids. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like my, my priorities have changed drastically. And I think to some young musicians, they might look at, hear me and say that and go, ah, oh, that, that'll never be me. But it's like, <laughs> it's what makes me happy, right? And like, yeah. keep me happy. And I don't care about anything else, really. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't care if I get a, a pack of stadium anymore. They'd be cool. But ultimately, if it means like, I won't have a relationship with my kids, it's like, it's not worth it to me. Mm. My kids make me happy. So my priorities have like 180 shift and. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just I think if you have kids and your husband, don't think immediately that your creativity or your music musician life mm-hmm. is all mm-hmm. it will definitely reprioritize some things, but you, you can use it as a gift in your in your craft and in your industry. Honestly,
0: honestly, there's so many parents who I think follow my Instagram account and like I see them constantly always still being at it. like I can see like like you how that experience is for them. So I right, would yeah. believe it for sure. Yeah. Um, but Yeah, no, um, Colby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was an amazing conversation. Um, Did you have anything you want to shout out or you know maybe mention your social media?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Also, thank you, David, for having me. I feel honored that this is, you know, we're breaking breaking the ice here with the podcast, with me. <laughs> Truly, um, I love sending people to your account because you have a wealth of knowledge and totally. Um, Yeah, thank you for having me. It's, it was an absolute pleasure. I love to talk and shop with other listeners. No um, and yeah, uh, Colby Knickerbocker, you can follow me. Uh, you know, just it's Colby Knickerbocker. Um, that's my, that's my artist name, Instagram handle, TikTok. I got new music coming out, you know, um, follow me on TikTok. probably on Instagram is where I'm most active, but, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise it was, it was, a uh, it was a, it was a pleasure to be here, David. Thanks for having me.
0: Also, I just want to let people know, like, you know, the kind of music that you make maybe for other artists who are in a similar
2: job. Yeah.
1: Can- yeah. Great question. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly like, americana singer songwriter soulful folk indie folk so it's like acoustically driven stuff but mm-hmm. yeah very uh, i think it's very i think i write very passionately very um, emotive sort of lyrics but yeah so it's mm-hmm. so like soulful americana mm-hmm. i'd say okay. okay good question
0: all right colby again great conversation hopefully you know we'll be in touch we're already on each other on instagram but all right i will let you go and thank you again for coming on
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was great talking to you, David.
0: All right. Great talking, Colby. Take care, okay? Yeah, you too, man. All right. Bye-bye.